Welcome to the Man Cave. It's the only podcast hosted by two best friends with nothing in common except their names. I'm Mandy Fabian. And I'm Mandy Kaplan. And each week we test the limits of our friendship by arguing over movies, books, the latest trends, and of course, Mandy's wicked dumb ideas. Grab a couch and let's get to it. Cut this shit. I need to start off with some bad news. Oh, thank God. And I hate to immediately bring us down, but it's pretty sad. Hey, Fandies, you're welcome. That's what they come here for. Go ahead. What is it? If I could have some sad music, please, Mandy. Not Pete, Mandy. Oh, sure. Um. It came upon a midnight clear. My espresso maker is broken. Oh. I haven't had espresso. Oh, God. Is there something also wrong with your car that you can't go get espresso? That seems strange to me. There's something wrong with my husband who's like, (laughs) I'm going to fix it. Oh, no, you can't let that happen. How are you letting this is happening as we speak? This is what's happening in my home. He's trying to fix it. The machine that makes the espresso? Yeah. Well, that's kind of sexy. Is there a tool belt involved? No, his. Oh, he listens. He's he's not going to be happy. His standard <laughs> handyman outfit is just holding a hammer and wearing his undies and nothing else. And I love it. He's a handy Jew and I'm grateful every day for it. Sure. And he fixes stuff. He's good at it, but it is not without 25 trips to Lowe's and a lot of <laughs> swearing and grunting and arguing with himself and with me. That's amazing. See, I'm married to the guy who's like, babe, babe, I'll just drive to Starbucks and buy you coffee every day for the rest of your life. I can't wait to tell you the conversation that we had after what we watched this week. I Can we we jump into it? Dive in. (laughs) I'm sorry. It's sort of a natural segue because this week I asked you to watch The Shrink Next Door. It has been a really interesting journey because if I may be so bold, I'm going to out you a little bit. The truth Mm -hmm. is, listeners, when I asked Mandy, when I said to her what we were going to watch, she got this look on her face and her words said, I want this. But her face said, I don't. We've all been there. Right. I mean, wedding night. Oh, God. Wedding night. Yeah, we've all we've all been in that situation. But then I I actually asked her offline later. I was like, hey, not that we ever talk between these podcasts. We don't. I was going to say. Yeah, you're. Yeah. <laughs> but I said, well, what, what was it about that? And she said, oh, I hadn't heard good things. So I Correct. went into this thinking with, the, I think, the right approach, because I went into this thinking, oh, it, maybe it's not going to be very good. And I found it delightful. And not only did I love it, but Patrick also loved it. I was like, I have to watch this thing with a podcast. And his first response was like, I don't think I'm interested. And then we were watching it and we totally got sucked in. And now we're like, ooh, we get to watch another shrink next door. And then I'll, I can tell you the story later about the funny what we conversation we had. Go ahead. Should we have Pete, our slave, I mean, boss, <laughs> well, uh, you, should we have him play the trailer? And that oh. way everyone knows what Shrink Next Door is? Oh, that's a great idea. Look at you. Do it, Pete. Are you Marty? Yeah. What brings you here? I don't know. Phyllis made me come. My sister. Huh? She must be very persuasive. Don't tell me about yourself. I run a fabrics company. So you're the boss. That feel good? It feels... Phyllis has always been the strong one. You're a grown man hiding behind a wall of curtains. I think I can help you. The first thing I'm going to do is completely unethical. I'm going to give you a hug. I'm a hugger. There's no shame in feeling pain, Marty. Be the ruler of your own domain. 
Work begins at 9 a.m. sharp. Phyllis! I'm trying to be ruler of my own domain. This therapy is really working out, huh? It is. It really is. The goal of life is to live. We'll turn you into the man you truly deserve to be. This doctor's a little unconventional. He's a miracle worker. What is he doing here? Helping us. What do you think? So much fun. Is that allowed? Well, I didn't work, did I? He's changed my life. He's changed me. You clearly have a good eye. Me? You're the one with the good eye. Eyes. Two eyes. The, the, the appropriate quota of ocular spheres. <laughs> Why are we running? I don't know, Rod! You are growing, Marty! Is he your psychiatrist? Psychiatrist, business partner, best friend. How does all of that work? He just has no boundaries, and I don't trust him. Cut her out of your life. She's the only family I have. Without trust, we have nothing. I trust you completely. This is my decision. He's living in your head. I am going to take care of everything. Feels good, doesn't it? Yeah. So how's the how is the trailer? I haven't seen it. I don't think I have either, but he just played it. <laughs> and the people got to hear what Shrink Next Door is. Well, that's risky. And yeah. it is based on a very successful podcast yes. by Wondery. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember if you told me about that podcast or if I just found Probably. it. on. I think I actually I found it in the New York Times. Oh, it was a classy. list. Of, oh, did I say that? I was reading it at the time, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so mm-hmm. With your pipe. <laughs> that's right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And my yeah. basset hound laying at my feet. Well, I'm I'm not going to tell you what I thought of it yet, but I am going to say, do you remember the first shot of the show? It, uh, it's the isn't it the oneer at the party? Isn't it like it doesn't they follow Will Ferrell around at the party? I don't remember. I that that might have been the first shot, but I believe it started off with bees, a lot oh, of bees. Yes, yes, yes. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh great, so. <laughs> We're diving right in with my fear. Yeah. And that has never come back. And it's not even a thing in the show, at least so far. But that's that's funny that you're right. It was the opening him being the beekeeper at this place. What a weird thing to choose for an opening gambit. Hmm. Um, I well, I loved the podcast. I mean, we should start there. If anybody hasn't listened to the podcast, I highly recommend listening to it because it's it starts with that. I think it even starts with a better kind of like when you have a real sense of what uh where the story is going like like what the the deceit is and then you just investigate it that to me was really thrilling. I thought they did a really good job. Well the journalist is the character in the podcast yes. and the journalist moves into the Hamptons and there's a knock on his door from the groundskeeper next door and he says you're invited to a party at my at this house next door if you'd like to come. Right. Yeah. Or or the journalist assumes it's the groundskeeper. Mm -hmm. It's Marty. Marty doesn't say I live next door. That's my house. Would you like to come to a party? Right. He says, Dr. Ike is throwing a party at the house next door. If you'd like to come this weekend. That's weird and creepy and a great way to start a podcast. Yeah. Because then the the journalist is like, I later 
came to find out the truth behind this. The guy throwing the party, it wasn't his house. And the guy who I thought was the groundskeeper who's been living in the back house is actually the owner. It's a fantastic premise to go into. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And Patrick had not heard the, the podcast because he doesn't listen to podcasts. As this we, we know. As we all know. Asshole. <laughs> you can say that. I, mean, <laughs> I know he, I can. And he'll still go to Starbucks and bring you an espresso right now. I know he will. Because he loves Starbucks I, if, that much. If, I should text him. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I do too. Do you want to take a minute? <laughs> uh, yeah. So it was, um, I really was worried because I was like, oh, I don't know how this is going to build. And it was, the show is very different because it's not told from the journalistic uh, perspective. It's really told from inside Marty's perspective and way more inside Dr. Ike's perspective. There's almost no, to my memory, real uh, personal backstory on Dr. Ike or what his motivations might have been. He's not a sympathetic character. In the podcast, you hear him I mean, you you hear what he's done and you're like, how is this still happening? And you hear all of his sort of victims, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But but in this show, he's a human being and they've sort of given you at least some sort of character idea of why he might be behaving the way he is behaving, which is psychotic. Yes. And they have cast the most likable actor in oh, history, Paul God. Rudd. That makes it hard to hate him. Yeah. It's really interesting. I mean, I that's what I it's it's very slow. Right. I think it moves very it's like molasses a little bit, but it's so character driven. And I got to say, once I got over in the initial, I was like, wait, are they from New York? And is Will Ferrell Jewish? That that was at first I was like, oh, we're going to we're going to talk like this. Uh, This is my hot button issue. I'm glad you brought it up. Oh, because in this day and age, you cannot cast a white person as black or you know, an Asian person as Hispanic. You can't do that in this day and age. Yeah. Judaism is a culture. And none of the actors doing the, quote, Jewish accent. I know it's New York, but there is a very, uh, forgive the word, Jewy sound to what they're doing. Yeah. None of them are Jewish. And what? I didn't know what? if that's... None of the actors are Jewish. Paul Rudd is not Jewish? No. Catherine Hahn is not Jewish? No. What? Are so, you sure? I, I mean, I didn't birth them. So I, but no, I don't think they are Jewish at oh, all. I thought they were. So actually, I have a clip. Pete, if you could play in episode one, 602 to 648. Hey, where are you going? Back in here. Want to look for it? Oh, there we go. Come on. Say hi to your uncle. Uh oh, Phyllis. Call the exterminator. We've got testy little critters running around in the building. I made an appointment with Dr. Kershkoff for you for this afternoon. Oh, my gosh. They're all over me. What what are they exactly? Let's see. They have a lot of fur. And Did you hear me? I can't go. Why can't you go? Look, I don't want to talk to some stranger about... He's not a stranger. Rabbi Goldberg recommended him. No. No, no. Okay. No tickling. Okay, girls, girls, knock it off. Leave your Uncle Marty alone. Come on, let's just... Let's take the picture before you ruin your outfits. Girls, come, come, come on, come on. Let's go, come on. Put the phone down, please. Is that yours? No. Okay. All right, thank you. You look adorable. So you can all hear what I'm talking about, that the the sound they're all doing. And I don't know if that's politically correct. And as a as a Jewish person myself, I don't care. But I was wondering, was there any backlash or are shouldn't they have 
strived, strove, tried to cast Jewish people? Are you looking up if they're Jewish? I am. I did. Yes. But I'm, and I'm also listening at the same time because I... Because you, you can do that type oh my of God. thing. I can't. But I are they? I superwoman. Um, so Paul Rudd is Jewish. What? Yes. Catherine Hahn is not, which I was really surprised because she also played the rabbi on Transparent. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, and I, but I, and you know what? I don't honestly know about Will Ferrell, but you're probably right. But since we Paul didn't know Rudd about is the others, Jewish? he is. Yes. Oh my God. His parents are Jewish. And um, yeah, Paul Rudd is Jewish, but Will Ferrell isn't. Okay. okay. So, but, but two out of three, I, I get, I, I understand that. I mean, that makes sense to me. And I will say, but Paul Rudd to me, like, God, he's nailing it. I mean, he, his mannerisms, his physicality is just so many men that I have met. There's something about it. And you're right. He is so friendly and charming. And even, and then he can turn and be this insidious guy. Like, I was not expecting much at all. And probably because my expectations were lowered, right? But I'm like, this You're welcome. Yeah. I mean, he, I think he is crushing it. And I have to say, even though Will Ferrell's not Jewish, and I understand that I get the pet peeveness of it. I get that. But I think he's doing a fucking great job. I really am buying him. I I posted more of a question. It's not that it bothers me. It's just like, is that okay? Like in today's yeah. PC world, I don't know if it's okay, but I but it didn't bother me. But I do. My biggest note overall of the the first episode is how is Paul Rudd hot in a pastel argyle sweater vest? Oh my god! I know that he's man hot. can do no wrong. No, he really can't. He's so hot can no we? matter what he does, and he plays this fucking <sighs> manipulative monster in this thing. And I'm like, oh my God, please just come and take my money. Take all my money. Like you could... Dr. Ike. Oh, doctor. Yeah. Casey Wilson. Also, I can't imagine is Jewish. Oh. If you want to look that one up, she plays his wife. And I, she's doing the, the same accent. Maybe she is. I can't imagine. No, she's Gentile. But she did join yes. a, a Jewish sorority. Well, good for her. Yeah. Uh, Interesting. Oh, but wait think, a second. She's she got married in a Jewish traditional Jewish ceremony. Not my business. <laughs> <laughs> but did now I found the beginning confusing oh. and I was grateful that I had listened to the podcast. I'd be curious, was Patrick confused at all at, at like who people were and the premise and the factory they work in? He got he was on board. He understood the storytelling. He was not confused at all, but I think they really laid it out like you did not have to know the podcast to get this show because they, okay. you know, there's no, there doesn't need to be any explanation. Marty runs a fact, uh, fabric business, right? Mm -hmm. You, you, you get the players, you know, one thing that maybe it wasn't as spelled out for him. Cause we, we're already at like episode five. I think we got through five episodes. We wow. loved it and wow. we're going to binge the rest. Like as soon as we can, it's, it's really yeah, there's something about it that's just so the subtlety of it and the way that Dr. Ike keeps making things happen and the way he works Marty, it's like so uncomfortable mm -hmm. and awful, but it's like, oh, you can kind of see why it would happen. And they've right. done the brilliant thing of watching Marty snap at the beginning of the show. So, you know, that's coming. So mm -hmm. now you're just waiting to see like, oh, my God, when is it going to be too much for him? Right. Um stylistically, it is so dark. And I wrote, I don't mean tonally, I mean dark, physically dark. Like I'm like, does nobody have electricity in New York in the 1980s? Turn your lights on, right? It's very dark. 
I wonder if that's a TV all thing. All the scenes. I, I don't have that problem. You might have oh, a broken really? TV. I mean, I don't, it's not something I noticed. So I'm wondering. Oh God, the espresso maker and now the TV. <laughs> oh. No, oh. It, it is shot very, it's it's a choice. It's all shot very dark and gloomy and uh-huh. it feels heavy. It feels like it's probably raining outside all the time. <laughs> Every interior is dark. And then they shot in New York City, they're walking down the street and it's supposed to be 1980. Two or something. Yeah. How expensive is a shot like that? Because they're passing cars and Mm -hmm. street signs and things that all had to be redone to fit 1982. And I was thinking, oh, the money. Yeah. Go Apple, right? Oh, Apple. They always give it a, they, you know, they always. Premium content. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Very true. Uh, They also, then they go later to like uh, 1990. They go, like they keep moving time period. So it's not just the 80s. It's like, so that prop person is busy. You know what I mean? Yes. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, it's really, it looks great. And, you know, and and they really don't hold back. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, they're amazing. I only watched two. But you did and... watch two. Okay. Did you now, watch two But you because... haven't asked if I liked it. Well, uh, did you like it? Yeah. <laughs> Does that surprise you? It does yeah. surprise me. Yeah. Yeah. But although I think I would have I gotten more eye rolling. I would have seen more eye rolling if you didn't like it. Right. <laughs> I don't know why it's getting universal. Not maybe not universally, but the people I spoke to were like, oh, well, don't even it's not worth it. It didn't live up to the podcast. I have a I have a thought. Yeah. Because I was asking myself that same question. I'm like, I'm really enjoying this. And I love Michael Showalter, who directed it. Yeah, he's, he's been on fire lately. God. Yeah. Yeah. I love the yeah. credit sequence that they have, the way that the vines grow over whatever mm-hmm. the first thing is. And the, mm-hmm. it's just, it's so creepy and wonderful and funny too. Um, but uh, I have a theory. I think mm-hmm. it's because I think Will Ferrell is doing a really good job and Paul Rudd is doing a really good job. But when you are tuning into something, watching Will Ferrell and Paul Rudd, I think it's hard for people to watch Will Ferrell not be the funny guy. Even though when he has a joke, he lands it. But he, there's very, very few jokes. He's he's really just a guy and he's being very authentic and he's very emotional. And I mean, he's not being his normal self. And I think that's why people, with if they have an expectation, was well, there something we watched? I can't remember what it was, but I was like, I just, because of the people in it, I expected something different. I can't if if somebody could reach out and remind us because I have that memory because we talked about the Kristen Wiig Will Ferrell Lifetime movie that wasn't funny but everyone expected it to be funny but I can't yeah. remember what we were watching that we had that same yeah. reaction yeah um there is very funny dialogue uh in the pilot still twenty two forty seven Pete please play it listen um here's the thing. I can't pay for you to go to Mexico for a week. Uh-huh. Five days would be cheaper. Yeah. No. Or, or, or would you consider three days in Poughkeepsie? I have a coupon. There's spa privileges. No, I have one. It doesn't matter. I have two coupons. It doesn't matter. That's not what... I'm sorry. Marty. I... I, I I'm sorry. Please don't yell at me. You don't need to yell... That's a genuine laugh, yeah. which I think are not 
so common in this piece. But no, because, th- I loved that dialogue of him on the phone. And I think, but to your point, it's like, that's very funny dialogue, but it's not, it doesn't, it's not done it like it's meant to be a joke. It's funny right. because, but it's also funny in that like, oh my God, he's so desperate. Like this is, this is his psych- psyche that he can't say these things. I really relate to this. <laughs> oh, we're oh. back to authenticity. Oh, boy. <laughs> I, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is Dr. Ike still practicing? I hope I so. I've left like three messages. Yeah, I've left three okay. messages for him. Good. I'm not hearing back, but hopefully this, uh, when I talk about how sympathetic he is in this show, we'll clinch it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, now, I'm going to get deep if we could. Sure. If I could for a minute. Yeah. I'm actually going to get deep because this was, this starts in a time like they show poor little young feral's bar mitzvah in episode two where he has a panic attack and can't come out of the bathroom and now he's in now in the present day storytelling which is not present day it's the 80s he's having these severe panic attacks and he's in a business meeting and he hides behind a curtain because he can't confront his feelings and speak up and and paul rudd or dr ike can say like you're a grown man. This isn't real. Get over it. Panic attacks were not like a known, respected right. thing at the time. Right. So he was called a wuss and just people were like, what What the F is wrong with you? Yeah. And that breaks my heart because now we live in a generation where we, if you say, I have a, I had a panic attack, everybody understands. It's not just that I was worried about something. Yeah. It's physical manifestation and it's yeah. debilitating. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. So poor Marty. And you're a wuss. I mean, because, I mean, genetically superior people can fight those things off is all I'm saying, you know. And according (laughs) to my father, I'm a drama queen. And this has been an issue. But can we get your dad on the phone right now? (laughs) Hang on, I'll text him. (laughs) Yeah, no, that's that's really interesting. But he knows this character in the in the show knows he's having a panic attack. Like, I really Mm -hmm. do appreciate how they have made him. God, how they make him. And I watched further than you. They make him so broken in the beginning, but in a believable way. And then Mm -hmm. as he slowly starts to get stronger. It's like great because you really see him take this journey, but then also you see how incredibly interdependent he becomes on this doctor. Right. And you understand why he would do anything for this guy because he's basically just transferred. all. Even though the doctor makes him do all the improving, he attributes the doctor with all of the success, even though repeatedly Dr. Ike's character says, it's not me, Marty, it's you. You're the one doing this. You're strong. You're powerful. He keeps doing that, but right. but of course, but he's but that's what's so clever about it because you know he's not taking credit for it. But Will Ferrell's character, Marty, is giving him all the credit, and and so now he has the most powerful thing of all. He'll never leave. Well, that's what a cult is, or what a right. I mean, yeah, Scientology. You go to a couple of networking events when it starts. I'll come out and say it. I'm anti-Scientology. It's a bold stance, <gasps> oh but I'm willing God. to say it. Wouldn't it be great? Our recording and- gets cut off. No. <laughs> <laughs> a helicopter just lands on my studio. But uh, John Travolta flies in. <laughs> but, um, oh, I had a sex dream about John Travolta last night. Oh. Breaking news. Breaking news. Uh, is this real? Is this really happening? Yes. I gave a blowjob to John Travolta in my dream last night. That is out there. Wow. Congratulations to John. But and he was I hope like, you're very look happy who's together. talking, John. He wasn't today, John Travolta. Oh, he yeah, was more no. like 
you know, late 80s, early 90s John Travolta. Not even Grease Travolta. Oh. It was, oh God. Okay. I would have maybe. This is unlocking some stuff for me. (laughs) This is your therapy Um, session. You're welcome. (laughs) It is. But, uh, you know, when you start Scientology, you go to a couple of networking events and the people that bring you in, they know you're a struggling actor or a real estate broker who can't make a sale. They help you make your first sale. They help you get your first part. Right. And they tell you, you did that. You know, we we helped you manifest your inner right. brilliance. To we, we, You're clear now, right? Right. So that is just by the book cult indoctrination to me. Yeah. That Dr. Ike would say, you know, you did it. Because even in the pilot, I think Dr. Ike literally like hangs up the phone or like sticks up for Marty, right? And like, I can't think of what scene it is, but he's breaking up with his girlfriend, right? Is it that? And then he does it again in another scene Mm -hmm. with somebody else. Like, so Dr. Ike is jumping in. Yes. Oh, totally. And then claiming, oh, no, it's all you. It's all you. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's, it's really brilliant. You can really see how. Oh my God, Marty's finally enjoying his life for the first time in his life. And it's all because of Dr. Ike. So of course Mm -hmm. he would do anything for him. That relationship is so fascinating to me and so uncomfortable. And yet, because they have this also, they have this real friendship. Like it's not real. It's not real at all, but it feels real. The way that they're playing it is like these two very broken individuals are helping each other on some level. And this is a crazy analogy, but just... I. I'm the analogizer and I have to do it. Amazing. So you should put John Travolta in that movie. It's like if I adopt a stray puppy or kitten Mm -hmm. and I love them so much and I take them in and I and I make them better and then I take pictures and the pictures go on the Internet and start to make me money. And I love this puppy or kitten. I'm loving this business model. Go ahead. (laughs) Right. And I take care of it and I nurture it. But then like bonus, it's making me all this money. So then I start to get like, oh, I got to get costumes and I got to, you know, I got to make videos and I got to up my game and get better lighting. And keep going. It's not that I don't love. Yeah. It's not that I don't love the puppy or kitten. And I do think there's an element of that. Dr. Ike loves Marty. He does feel a genuine uh, sympathy and nurturing. I think I think he likes how he feels about himself by watching Marty's transformation. But I do think he cares about him. Yeah. Otherwise, he would have like gotten rid of him. But he keeps him around in the house in the yard. Yeah. So I do think he loves him like a kitten or a puppy. Oh, well, you'll see when it gets later. He's acting out like you. You start to like if you like psychiatry. It's like you know if you're a armchair analyst is that what they call it armchair psychiatrist uh like because they put up all of the parent issues and the the with both characters and you see the way mm-hmm. that they act things out you're like oh my god it's classic um <laughs> but also um uh that's not what was in the podcast which i think is so interesting to me the podcast mm. is like oh no this guy's a con artist and look at the shit he did and it was all from marty's perspective which as i think that's the more real who knows how actually sympathetic dr ike really is i would be curious to know if this is at if you know if this is all conjecture how much they researched the actual guy i really am interested to know that it's not in the podcast at all that he's so sympathetic or motivated or kind to marty like that but to see it it's very confusing (laughs) in a great way now, you know me and you know my history. Had I lived in New York 
20 years before I did, yeah. I would have definitely dated Dr. Ike. <laughs> right? I mean, we would have been... <laughs> or Marty. <laughs> oh, no, I don't think Marty's my type. Marty's a depressive, but, though. You had a few of those, right? They're like, oh, I did. I did. A I sad did. sack, you know. But oh, you would have... I did. I, I'm going to say... I would have been very attracted to a Dr. Ike. God, yes. Yeah. And then, I mean, I guess I'm picturing him like Paul Rudd. I, I, oh. The actual Dr. Ike was not as good looking, but... <laughs> yeah. But, no, uh, yeah. Honey, if you had met Paul Rudd, in the 80s, you would have met him. Yes, you would have dated him. That's, I'm going to give you that for sure. Dr. Ike or uh, no, no. but I mean Dr. Ike. I know. <laughs> Sadly, I, yeah. My... So what about him would have been, that? what would have been the thing that made you go, I got to get with this? Uh, you know, the, the uh, moody, cocky, dewy, successful, there's something about yeah. that, yeah. that, Existed in my past, uh, but uh, not in my present and not in my future. I love you, Jeremy Clavin. You are neither cocky nor successful, according to your wife right now. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. I uh, love it. Yeah. No, you know what's funny that you should say that because there was a moment when I was like, Paul Rudd reminds me a little bit of Jeremy or vice versa. Oh, always. He was in that movie, I Love You Man, named Peter Clavin. Coincidence? I think not. <laughs> Yeah. No, I, they remind me of each other a little bit. Very much yeah, so. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So Jeremy's know, my Ant-Man. You got lucky. And if he doesn't fix that espresso maker. Oh, God. <laughs> there was a line in episode two that I put in quotes. Marty's sister, Catherine Hahn, who is just so oh, spectacular so in this good. and in everything she does. Yeah. She doesn't go to his adult bar mitzvah, which, by the way, is done today. Like, that was controversial back then, I guess. but. People do adult bar mitzvahs now. They do? So they do. Oh. Yeah. She's m upset and sitting at the kitchen table with her kids, and Uncle Marty's not there for his own birthday right. celebration. And she ends up saying, Well, that's what family is a collection of people you owe an apology to. <laughs> and I thought that was incredible writing. Yeah. They, uh, it's really, it's really great. There's a scene which you haven't seen yet. Oh, maybe I shouldn't blow it for you. Oh, can, I'm gonna, can I blow one scene? Maybe not. You nope. say blow. You know, I had a dream last no night. No way. That I... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you I don't blow it. Uh, I don't want to blow it, though, but it was just so funny. Uh, okay, okay. It involves fire retardant and a Broadway show, is what I'm going to say. <laughs> and they... Um, oh, I saw that. You did? Is yeah, that... he designed the scrim for the... Or he made the scrim for the theater in episode two. Maybe it... okay. So they actually Escalates see the show yeah, yeah, in episode three. And okay. they have a very funny bit on that that I won't that I won't tell you about. But it is like we were we were laughing really hard. Gotcha. <laughs> so get at least to episode three, everybody. Oh, wait, so are you ready? Now, to... Are we still allowed to say fire retardant or no? OK, no. <laughs> Sorry. All right. Oh, boy. Uh, don't ask me. I have no compass, moral compass. I mean, in general. But then when it comes to comedy, oh, I'm the worst. Yeah. Getting better, though. And here's what I'll say. You know, Catherine Hahn, I know she's not Jewish, but she is such a goddamn good actress Yeah, that you could have had maybe an actual Jewish actress playing that who wasn't as good and it might have seemed, you know, cartoony or something. You know what I mean? So me, if I played it. 
<laughs> I'm just saying you definitely should not. It should have been Catherine Hunt. No, I'm kidding. No, I. Yeah. Uh, no. I'm boy, just saying. They. <laughs> no. With I, my chuckle and my buckle. I just think she's so good that I believe she anything she does. Oh, she's good. perfection. Yeah. Yeah. She is. All right. Are you ready to give it a man job? I sure am. I'm ready to give it 3.75 man jobs. That's higher than you usually go. I know. I can't say I love it, love it, and I want to give it four or four and a half. Yeah. But three and a half seemed a little too low. I I really like it. Yeah. And I will keep watching it. I like If I catch this cold that my boys have, oh. I'll Which you definitely will. Just get just go ahead and get it. Just go French kiss one of them. You pick. And, okay. and uh and then you should go and and watch this because it's really it's really enjoyable. I can't wait to get back to it. I also have a busy week, but I'm definitely gonna finish it. And I'm I'm also very excited that Patrick liked it as much as I do because yeah. it's so character driven and it is a little bit slow and you know, and mm-hmm. I had seen the podcast, I mean, listen to the podcast. So I thought I would like it more, but he really, really liked it. So Good. it's a win, 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 win. So I'm gonna give it I always I feel always feel like I give things four, but maybe I, I would actually this is going to be odd, but no, I'm going to give it four. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> okay. Like this is going to go on our website and be in a crazy, you know, you can, if you're, if you disagree with me, you can go on discord and tell me there I'm all up in the discord business now. Now you are welcome. Yep. Yep. Took me a minute. Uh, but y- so yeah, l- can I tell people what discord is? Yes, please. Yeah. Uh, Discord is like an online community where you can hop in and chat with the Mandy's. Mm-hmm. You just go to mandcave.com slash discord. Yes, please. And join us, one of us. Yes. Uh, you can also, there's a special channel for members. So if you want to become a Fandy, which is a member of the show, you can also go to mancave.com slash Fandy, F-A-N-D-Y. And I think it's like, I don't know, there's different levels of membership, but I think it's like the cost Five of a, bucks a month. cup of coffee. You can help yeah. keep our show going and you get access to fun bonus content, which we've been working on. You get to check out our prom pictures. Mine is coming. So, so I apologize to Curtis. I promise not only a prom picture, but a picture of my most likely to succeed black, which I'm not really oh. sure I still have it, which is really out of character for me. But anyway, right. uh, you can go there and check that stuff out. You help us support the guys who make this show. Um, it's a production of True Story FM, engineering by Pete Wright, music by Ian Post. Thank you guys. And, uh, you know, we, we, we would love to get to know you. So join us. Yeah. And those of you who are listening and who adore us, which... Is everybody listening? Hello. Please, please, right now, while I'm saying this, leave us a five-star review and write a review. You can ask us questions and we will give you a shout out on the pod. Yeah, we love that stuff. We're, we're a, we sure do. Yeah. And, uh, you know, we also, by the way, check it out. We have a merchandise that's fun from different episodes. Mancave.com slash merch. You can go and check out our T-shirts and travel mugs. And I think this week is going to feature um, Mandy giving a blowjob to John Travolta. So, Oh, gosh, I hope so. Yeah. So uh, get, I can't wait for that. Get on that, Pete. Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, as is our tradition... I have a game for you. Uh, I think you, I think you're going to really enjoy this. Uh, Is it just like Paul Rudd focused? Do I get to, is it like, put your tongue on the Paul Rudd? (laughs) That, put your, pin your tongue on the Paul Rudd would have been a great game, but we're not in the same room. Now, if you want, I could just hypnotize you like a therapist would, and then you can just sort of 
live a spell out a sexual encounter with Paul Rudd of your choice. I mean, you have that okay. option right now if you want to do that so instead of my game. Yeah. But no, I thought that I would give you a little dime store psychology. Um, and I thought it'd be fun for us to delve into like our, uh, you know, our deepest, darkest problems. But then to be honest, that was going to take way too long, especially for me. So uh, instead, I'm going to give you a little bit of a quiz to see how like Marty you might be. And the quiz is, are you a pushover? <laughs> and okay, I am not going to tell you how I did on the quiz. <laughs> Because I want you have to at the end. I want to be a mystery. Well, I have to. I'm going to give you just the tell quiz. me. Just tell me how did you do? I am. Um, I turns out I am a. I think the word was total pushover. I just pushed you over, you asshole. See, I know you're like I'm uh, not going to tell you, uh, and all I said was tell me, uh, and you did. Okay, well, I'm trying to keep the podcast going. I mean, what if you? Oy, they you know, somebody niche. had to talk. Oy. I I know it's awful. I have no boundaries. It's the worst. Wow. Oh, my stomach. Okay, are you ready? Yeah. <sighs> okay, then we will. Then we'll do it. All right. So, question number one. When it comes to making decisions, do you struggle always? It depends on how important the decision is. Never. Never. I always consult. There's four. <laughs> Hold on. I, I, you have to give real answers. That's, but that's how quick I am at making decisions. You know that. You, okay. All right. You never struggle. Great. No, I'm decisive. God damn. That's a, okay. Well, that's probably how I got total pushover and you won't, but okay. Let's, all right. Let's see this. Uh, your family is ordering. This is dumb. Your family is ordering a pizza now. Are we past all of the IBS in your house, like stuff like that? Or does everyone eat? Yeah, pizza? we all eat. Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay. You know me and carbs, but yeah. Okay. All yeah, right. I can order pizza sometimes. Okay. You're the only one who wants pepperoni. Do you speak mm -hmm. up and ask for the topping on half? Okay. You have to hear the choices. Absolutely. No way. I don't want to ruffle feathers. I'd attempt to work up the courage, but would probably say nothing. Yes. What's the harm in asking? I'm not sure. Yes. What's the harm in asking? Oh, so not an absolutely. No, I, I mean, I would I would definitely say, oh, I want pepperoni. But if I got if people were like, oh, I'm not in the mood, I would be like, OK, I wouldn't like insist on pepperoni on my app. All right. I don't know why I asked you to justify your answer, you know, but I'm just I'm curious. Well, it's it involves meat and cheese. So I mean, really, my area of expertise. These quizzes are so High end and specific, you know, the layers yes. of subtlety. Yes. Especially with the pizza thing. I mean, you just never know. Okay. Um, here is the third question. A coworker failed to prepare for a meeting. You have pages of ideas and notes. Don't say it. Don't fucking say it. Because I am prepared for meetings. I know what you think. Okay. Sometimes I'm not. He asks if he could borrow some of your plans. What do you do? I give him my notes and plans that I probably won't speak up anyway. I tell him he can sit next to me and look off of my ideas. I tell him he should have prepared himself. I laugh and tell him no. Or there's an other. What would you do? Well, I I'm not going to choose other. Right. Um. Yeah, he could look on my notes, but he can't like say, I had this fantastic idea and then claim it as his own. Mm -hmm. But he can read along with my notes and okay. and and I would help a coworker out. This is interesting because um, I chose I laugh and tell him no. 
<laughs> but still, I'm a total pushover. Well, You're yeah. a TP. I'm a total pushover. All right, you ready? You've been waiting yeah. in a long line at the bakery. Someone cuts in front of you. How do you respond? I Now, by the way, I looked at a couple personality quizzes to see you know, what Mm -hmm. I wanted to do with you. This is a question that comes up in a lot of online quizzes. Like apparently this is a big deal to people when somebody cuts in line at a bakery and it's always a bakery. Just saying. Okay. So I say nothing. I start to cry. I tell them I was in front of them. I tell the store manager or other. Um, it is, I tell them I was in front of them. However, there are a lot of things that factor in. Okay. Who am I dealing with? Right. If it's somebody with the the tear tattoos (laughs) and I know they've had three kills, I'm not going to mention it. Okay. If it's a mom with toddlers and she's harried and like just trying to get through her day, I'm not going to mention it. Oh, oh, okay. Right. right. Uh, An elderly person. I'm not going to say it. But yeah, if if it's just somebody who I don't think is going to have a rage issue. And I and I would say it very nicely. There would be no attitude. Mm-hmm. It would just be, oh, excuse me. I was actually in line. You cut in front of me. Okay. Sorry. Okay. Like, and I probably would say sorry, which I hate, but I would. Okay. So that's my answer. All right. That's a good answer. That's a very... Detailed as hell. I love that answer. And it also oh, makes me realize you. I really am a total pushover. <laughs> yeah. Because, of course, I'm like, oh, what, what difference does it make? Unless I'm in a hurry. Or I have my kids in a hot car, which happens all the time. Okay. Maybe that's why the bakery question keeps coming up. All right. Here we go. Your best friend told everyone else in your... Oh, I know your answer for this one. Your best friend told everyone else in your friend group a secret you shared with her. Now, I know this best friend wouldn't have been me because I'm great at keeping secrets. What's your response? I forgive and forget. I let it slide. I am hurt, but I say nothing or I confront her about it. I confront her about it. I know you do. You're really good like that. God damn. That's... That's that's Mandy Kaplan Clavin's 2.0. 20 uh, years ago, 30 years ago, I, I wouldn't have. 30 interesting. Years ago. Oh my what God. what yeah. changed? Was it just gradual, like, I have to speak up or I'm going to die? Or like, yes. Oh. I, yeah. I, through a lot of therapy, I actually like got less and less afraid of confrontation and more willing to just, you know. Yep. It'll pass, but I need to say something. I wouldn't, I wouldn't approach uh, the person you know, I was, I was just going to be so mean to like a friend of mine and say, let's call her and just like pick a name, but I won't do that. But Susie, like, I wouldn't be like, Susie, what the fuck? I, but I would be like, Hey, that really upset me. Why, why would you do that? You can't do that. So that's how I would approach it. Yep. I think I actually did confront somebody one time. Uh, and, and, and it did pass, but I think that like, there was like one time. It depends on how big of a deal it is. I think that's the, but I wish, I wish I was just more like you, which is why I probably need more. Uh, I'll be getting it. I know nothing else. That's it. No more podcasts. All right. Ready? Okay. Uh, when someone asks to borrow money, your immediate response Mm -hmm. is how much are you going to pay me back? Three. Okay. Four. I don't have it right now. Five, sorry, but I can't. Some of these are kind of similar, but what do you think? Um, okay. Okay. Interesting. Look, not for nothing. You know, we've been looking for a house and... <laughs> okay. 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 Great. Good to know. I like this quiz. All right. Uh, your best friend borrowed your favorite sweater weeks ago. You really want it back. What do you do? One, I ask for it back. 
to, I drop hints that I'm missing the sweater, which I really enjoyed. Uh, Three, I hope that mentally she will receive my messages. And four, I accept that it's lost forever. Mm. I ask for it back. I know you do. It's a sweater. Of course. Yeah. Uh, I do that hope that mentally she will receive my messages, though, a lot. Maybe before I ask for it back. (laughs) How's that working out for you? Uh, I've lost a lot of sweaters. I was going to say. Empty yeah. closet. It's why you're naked in the podcast sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. All right. Uh, there's only a couple more questions. Okay. How often do you apologize even if you've done nothing wrong? One, way too much. Two, anytime I'm feeling a little guilty. Three, hardly ever. Four, never. One. Way too much. Way too much. Yep. That, and I do, I'm not going to get all on my feminist high horse, but I do think that's a female phenomenon yep. that I start so many sentence with, sentences with, sorry, could I get more ketchup, please? Sorry, sorry. I've done nothing wrong in asking for more ketchup. Yeah. And then I also, uh, I think you know this about me, Try I, if I've asked for more ketchup, I will feel such shame if I don't finish it. So I like <sighs> purposefully eat so much more ketchup. Or if I ask for a refill, I feel like I have to drink the Arnold Palmer or I'm going to be right. like, why did I ask? And and the waiter's going to hate me. So. That's interesting. I have a question. If you don't eat carbs, what do you need ketchup for? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> when I was little, I used to dip carrots in ketchup. Isn't that gross? Oh, I don't know. I haven't tasted it. Yeah. See, I'm I open. I eat french fries sometimes. Yeah. You know that. I, I do eat some carbs. Okay. All right. I love that. Ah, uh, that's so funny. Okay. Uh, just a couple more. All right. In a basically empty movie theater, a really tall person sits directly in front of you. What do you do? One, I get up and move. Two, I ask them to move. Three, I suffer through it. One. Get up and move. Yeah. That yeah. seems we right. We did that at, at Scream because of the rowdy teenagers. Yeah. I mean, why bother? So, you know. Right. Although I did have a woman ask me to stop dancing at a Broadway musical and she literally said, you're ruining the show for me. <gasps> Oh, I've seen you dance. That lady was wrong. Right. And I wasn't standing up dancing, by the way. I was just like, I was like no, moving yeah. in my uh-huh. seat, bouncing. It was yeah. six. It was my birthday. It's six. Yeah. It was a hugely Ugh. bouncy, dancey musical. And she was like, could you stop dancing? You're ruining the show for me. I am so sorry that my mom was at the theater that <laughs> night. That is. Oh. See, I thought that was, you know, that's a confrontation that I think is too much and is not too much. good. But, you know, I'm a total pushover. So I didn't be like, Fuck so am late. I a pushover? No, we have one more question. You've been asked to go oh. to a concert, but you hate... The, I know your answer to this. You've been asked to go to a concert, but you hate the musician. What do you do? I go anyway and broaden my horizons. I tell my friend to find someone else. I go and complain the whole time. I stay home and enjoy myself. It is a combination of going and complaining the whole time because I want to prove my point that that musician is bad. Oh. And staying home. But the one answer wasn't just telling my friend to fuck right off. And that's probably what I would do. Well, if you said I have a ticket for Rod Stewart, I would say you can fuck right off. Well, that would so mean, that's my answer. But I'm not really your friend if I'm asking you to go see Rod Stewart. I tell my friend to find someone your else. Your husband has asked me to see some bands that like I don't like classic rock. I'm not going to go see Rush or Yes or any of those bands. And your husband has put those feelers out and I tell him to fuck right off. Sure. I Yeah. So I, I it sounds like I stay home and enjoy myself, but I tell my friend to find someone else. Right. Okay. I mean, okay. I, you know what? I'll do stay home and enjoy myself. Yeah. 
Um, no, I did tell my friend to find someone else. But this is interesting because like I said, I go anyway and broaden my horizons because I would. Of course you would. Right. Because I think that's fun and open and interesting and I like it. And guess what? I think that's what contributed T-P. to my total pushover. Oh, fuck yeah. you. All right. Here's what you got. I mean, congratulations. It's actually great. But like, I can't believe I got total pushover. <laughs> Here we go. Ready? Oh, this is good. Yeah. You are confident and strong. While you'll sometimes go along with the group for the sake of peace, you never let anyone walk all over you. you voice your opinion and stand behind your beliefs. Your inner strength and high self-esteem make you a force to be reckoned with. God, congratulations. That is fantastic. I Thank you. I, it's, I mean, you've always said that I should ask you what to do and then just do whatever you tell me to do. But it, I clearly yes. need to. Let's do that. Maybe for a bonus pod <laughs> for one week, I get to make all your decisions like Monica did for Rachel. Oh, that could be fun. I would do that because I'm a pushover. I know. Unbelievable. And now I get to tell you what you're going to ingest for next week. I should say no. Right. You're just going to do it because I'm telling <laughs> okay. you to. Sure. What is it? Well, you and I had a discussion when we illegally saw each other outside of our podcasting lives. Yep. We talked about our mutual love of MLMs and all things about them. Yeah. And there is a podcast about the one that I was telling you about, but I have not listened to the podcast, The Rise and Fall of LuLaRoe. Oh, fun. So we're going to listen to that podcast. Okay, that sounds great. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. I love a culty MLM story, so I'm very excited. We should consider, you know, starting one of those. We'll have to figure out what our product is going to be. It's our merch. <laughs> it's blow, you giving blowjobs to Tra- John Travolta is going to be a thing. <laughs> we can see. <laughs> All right, cool, cool, cool. I like it. We'll put that image on leggings and we'll sell it. <laughs> oh yeah, that's that's great. <laughs> okay, yeah. All, All right, right. we did you. it. We did it. We did a wonderful job. The shrink next door. Uh, thank you for joining us and uh, and we'll see everybody next week. I'll see you next week. Bye. I love you. That was smooth, huh? <laughs> <laughs> love you too. Woo!